What's up, everybody? This is episode five. I'm really excited for this one. As you know, if you listen to the past ones, if you haven't, go check them out. But if you have, you know that there's a lot of really exciting things going on. And I think this starts it with this interview. Um, I interviewed somebody who knows a lot about the industry, a lot about what's going on in music these days for young artists, for artists that have been in and been around for a while and just trying to understand what this industry is coming to and where it's going and um they've made some he's made some major moves with his companies um audio mac and dj booth audio mac just did a deal with live nation um they've also did done a deal with warner music and warner music's an important one because not that they both aren't they both are but warner music's an important one because that's a huge major label and they're reaching out to a company that's coming up and showing young young artists because that is the future and the major labels are seeing that now um it's really exciting time it's somebody who's really really smart and intelligent and in, in talking about music and talking about where this industry is going. So I asked him as many questions as I could without wasting too much of his time. And if you're a young artist, a young person trying to get into this industry in another aspect, um, or you just want to know about what's going on in the industry, just listen, hear what he has to say. It's, it's very, very, um, you'll, you'll, it's very informative. You'll learn a lot about everything that's going on and, um, just advice that he can give to somebody who's trying to figure out how to get their music out there. Um, just all of it. it. I'm really excited to share it with you guys because I was very excited to actually talk to him. And um, I did as much research as I could. And I I, I hope it showed um, in this interview. It's really my first big interview. And I hope Brian knows that that is a big interview for me. But um, he he was great. And he showed me the time and, and really gave very detailed and informative answers and I'm really excited to share it with you. I am interviewing Brian Z. Zizuk, um, the Vice President of Content Operations and Artist Services at AudioMac, uh, newly appointed, but he's been in at the uh, ground floor with them. And he also serves as the Vice President and Editor-in-Chief for DJ Booth, which is probably the most popular, if not going to be, and is on its way to become one of the more popular media publications and just really put, they put out some of the best content. So um, I want to talk to you about a few topics, um, being Audio Mac and DJ Booth, but I also want to talk to you about um, advice that you can give and just kind of your take on some things going on in the industry right now. So sure. 
actually, first question, uh, I listened to you on the uh, Chicago First podcast, and one of the first questions I always like to ask, especially with someone who's starting with family life and working in the music industry, is how do you balance that family life and uh, this industry, which always seems to be a full day and night type of industry? That's a great question. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm constantly trying to figure that out. Um, I have a two-year-old at home. Um, I have a wife. I have a house to maintain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a quote recently that said, um, I, I, I apologize for not being able to attribute it to an individual, but I recall it saying something along the lines of self-care is a full-time job, um, running a household is a full-time job, um, being a parent and a spouse is a full-time job. In order to do all of those things well, you need to have a full-time job. And I have two. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's rather difficult. Um, I try my hardest when I'm spending time with my daughter to keep my phone down in a way. Um, not that long ago, I was in her company. I was on my phone. I was scrolling through my inbox, very overwhelmed by the amount of correspondence that I knew I had to attend to. And my daughter, who's, I think, probably the, the kindest, warmest, sweetest, uh, two-year-old, at least that I know. I only know so many. Uh, <laughs> she put her hand over my phone, and she said, Daddy, put, put your phone away. <laughs> and um, the fact that my two-year-old was able to recognize that I was trying to multitask both be a parent to her and uh, tend to work, I, I had that, that, that light bulb moment. And so um, I, I'm, I'm doing my best. It's a work in progress. Um, I'm definitely not perfect. Uh, and I don't know that I'll ever get to that point, but I'm trying. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's something that um, you mentioned in that podcast as well, where you talked about like most of the time is on your computer screen or phone screen. And another question to ask you on, with, with that is a lot of people, and I've worked, you know, spoke to artists and, and different people within the industry that talk about how like a lot of it is being at events and being at these night nightly events. And especially in New York and, and, and with you in New York and Chicago and um, everything, it's, how do you feel now saying that most of this work is on your computer and phone screen? Do you feel like with your family, with you're missing a part of this industry? Or do you feel like you're still maximizing because you're doing everything and it's clearly working with Audio Mac and DJ Booth? So, like, how do you feel about these times where you don't go to events and you don't go to a show that you used to be able to go to when you were just starting out? Another great question. Um, I mean, I'm 35. Um, I'm, I'm obviously not over the hill. Uh, but I've certainly reached a point in my life where with all my work responsibility and then also my responsibilities as a husband and a spouse, um, I can't stay out late every evening to go to all events and all shows. Um, but part of growing as both an individual um, and as a business owner and employee um, is being able to build a great team around you and then being able to delegate responsibility to people that you trust to do those jobs. Um, I have a great team, both at Audio Mac and DJ Booth, who serve as eyes and ears for me. Um, and so, by proxy, we are out and about everywhere. You know, on the DJ Booth side, um, I have writers, photographers, and editors who are spread out all across the country. Uh, Donna Claire is our managing editor. She's based in Philly, uh, and she often attends events also in the New York and New Jersey area. 
uh, EO Phillips is a senior writer who's been with us for five years, um, one of the best scribes on the internet, in my opinion. And he's in Atlanta, and we also have writers in California and Texas, here in Chicago, uh, also overseas. And so we're constantly sending folks out in about two events, shake hands, meet people, develop the relationships um, that extend beyond knowing what someone's email address is. Um, once you're able to meet someone in person, that relationship elevates to a new level. Um, people don't feel like they can ignore your emails anymore because you've met in person. It's almost psychological. As far as Audio Mac is concerned, you know, my role in artist services is to be the liaison uh, between Audio Mac and artists, record labels, um, management firms, marketing and, and PR firms. I've been in this business for 17 years, and so I have accumulated a, a wealth of contacts and relationships that go beyond, um, you know, seeing someone when they're in my market uh, backstage of the show. Um, if an artist that I'm very high on is in town while I am in town, I make it a point to go out of my way uh, to see them live to really know whether or not the talent that I'm hearing, you know, through my AirPods is the talent that exists live. Um, a lot of artists can be very impressive through a studio, um, but being able to impress live uh, is, is certainly a requirement to get my full and undivided attention beyond the, the initial release period. Got it. So kind of going off of that, um, when you talk about young artists and seeing an artist for the first time, um, a lot of, one thing I see on Twitter between uh, yourself and some fans and also the DJ Booth account and fans is a lot of fans are complaining, and I just saw it with the, uh, the Rich Brian back and forth, because you guys covered Rich Brian, um, and you uh, were a fan of his project, and somebody was going back and forth talking about how, like, you're just following him because he's, a, he, he's trending or it, it, he's a popular person to talk about um, that can cause some type of controversy. And the difference is when you guys do post all the time about these young artists, you even say where you're not getting as much traction on those posts, so why are people complaining? Can you just talk about how that is now where a lot of these young artists are only people only want to listen to the trending artists. But when you show people young artists, like how do you get people to say, Hey, take some time out to listen to the young artists. You're, you're complaining about it. So can you actually listen? And, and right. we're giving you that as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a major problem. Um, you know, before social media, there used to be destination websites. Mm -hmm. And so most traffic, came through desktop, people would bookmark their favorite websites. Getting onto your computer or your laptop was almost an appointment, and you'd go to your bookmarks and you'd click through your favorite websites, and you'd scan to see what they had published since the last time you had visited that, that particular site. Um, and so you had their undivided attention for, for a nice period of time as they perused your platform. Um, that all changed with social media. And so now there really are no destination websites that are not named Google and Facebook. And people simply log on to their feed of choice, um, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, and scroll till they see something that they either recognize or that they enjoy. Now, Twitter is really the only platform in 2019 
that's driving any significant traffic in terms of social. Um, Facebook changed their algorithm, which really hurt publishers. Mm -hmm. And Instagram is a visual-only platform. It doesn't really drive traffic in terms of reading art. And so with Twitter, what it comes down to is behaviorally, most people are only interested in what they they already are familiar with, with what they know. Um, it stands to reason, and I get this completely as a consumer, not as a publisher, that you're really only going to want to read about an artist if you've already heard their music. Um, do you care to read about an artist whose music you might not connect with? Do you feel like reading about them is going to help you connect? So there, there are various things. There are hurdles that people have to jump over. Here's, here's the one, though. Because of the way that all this content is being consumed, a lot of the content is missed. And when you're not actually visiting the website and you're relying on your timeline, it's dependent upon when you're on that social media platform. So if we publish three or four articles a day, which is typical for DJ booths, in the morning, but you only go on Twitter at particular times in the late afternoon and evening, even though we often schedule two or three tweets per article, there's a good chance you might miss our content for that day unless you have added us to a list or you make it a point to go to our Twitter feed. If you're not doing that, you're only seeing the most popular articles retweeted, which are going to be from your Drake's and your Kendrick Lamar's and your Jake Collins and your m &S. And so perception-wise, you're seeing the same names over and over because those are the most shared articles, and you don't think anything else is being covered. Part of that is the platforms that are being used to get this content, which are social media. But the other part is the behavior of the, the reader. And so... I won't speak on behalf of any other platforms, um, but I know that, in general, discovery content, so content frames around developing apps, it doesn't pull in a lot of pages. And so, as a result, there's no money being generated from that content being created. It costs money to make that content. The writer has to be paid to create it, and the editor has to be paid to edit it. And so, there really is no... Uh, incentive from a publisher's perspective to either throw money in it, throw gasoline on it, or, or try to try or attempt to buck the, the, the system, the stuff, the social media being the, the main driver of traffic. You're not getting any inbound uh, traffic through SEO for discovery and developing talent because no one's searching for those artists. They don't know they, that they need this. Um, and so it, it's very frustrating on our part, as you alluded to, uh, in, in your question as far as, um, you know, people complaining openly on social media about why aren't you featuring so-and-so. But in general, what I found is, is that if you really care about that type of content, you need to go out of your way to share it whenever you see it, even if it's not for an artist that you like. Because the more it's shared, the wider the reach, the larger the engagement, the more that tells us that this is something people would be interested in. I always say be the change that you want to see, and uh, in no other way is it more applicable uh, than this. Got it. So it, for a question more 
on advice for a young artist. So an artist that's dealing with that type of issue with his release, uh, his release is where he's not gaining the traction, he or she's not gaining the traction, isn't getting picked up on his music, what type, or his or her music, what type of advice can you give an artist that has that same issue with getting their music out and, and what they could do in order to, to get it out there without being, you know, a trending dance video or something that catches, you know, a trend? How, how do you grow organically as an artist? That's a great question again. Um, so there, there is no secret formula. Um, there's no magical elixir. Um, the other, the other thing I should point out too before I, I make some suggestions here is that the industry is changing so rapidly that any sort of method or plan that you put in place as an artist, you have to be willing to scrap it, rip it up, throw it away, and start fresh almost on a week-to-week -week or month-to-month thing. That's how quickly things move. That said, the notion that in 2019, getting coverage on a DJ booth or a complex or a fader, et cetera, is valuable is, is not true. And the idea that you need to partner with a platform to premiere your work is also worthless. I know because we gave up premiering content three or four years ago because people just are not looking for that material on our space. And it's not DJ booth only. Um, people are not looking to stream songs and watch videos anywhere but where that content originates from. So people watch their videos on YouTube and they stream their music on the app of choice for DSP, whether that be iOS or Spotify or Apple Music, etc. So there's no point in trying to even pitch premieres to these outlets because it's not going to generate a lot of plays or a lot of video views. The best result you could possibly get is being able to point back to the press that you got on those platforms later on when you send out a press release or with social media. Um, there is some benefit to being able to say, my work was featured on, on DJ Booth and on Fader and at Rolling Stone. Um, there really isn't much benefit if you if you're on the mindset that by getting that look from your post, et cetera, you're actually going to generate, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of views or plays, because that's, that's not going to happen. Um, to directly answer the second part of your question, what is an artist to do? Um, I think the biggest mistake artists make now is that they, they pit themselves versus other artists, and they um, set unrealistic goals based on where they feel their peers are at. Um, everyone's running... Uh, their own race. It's not a race that everyone's running and everyone starts at the same place. Uh, so don't compare yourself to another artist. And if you're going to be on social media, which, which is um, an unfortunate reality of having to be an artist in 2019 and beyond, you need to literally go out of your way to make time to connect with every single person who interacts with you on social. So anybody who interacts with you, you need to be able to connect with them. If you can build a fan base one person at a time and interaction, a direct interaction will do that, um, you'll slowly realize that people are actually supporting you. They're not just retweeting your content. You mentioned virality. There are plenty of artists, and I put that word in the quotation marks, there are plenty of artists who use meme culture to get hurt. 
problem with that is once you do that, it's very hard to be taken seriously after that. And so if that's the type of approach you want to take, you have a very finite window to capitalize on that momentum. And if you don't, you're done. On the flip side, you can play the slow, long game and actually develop a fan base and have a career. Um, it might take you 5, 10, 15 years, and a lot of artists don't have the stomach for that. They grow impatient. Um, and maybe they flip flop over to the, the viral beam lane, or they give up. And, you know, this industry is not for the faint of heart. It's not for everybody. It's cutthroat. It's very difficult. Um, but I, I see a lack of desire in establishing fans and fandom one individual at a time. And I see artists all the time who release material, promote it on social. People will reach out to them and say, I, you know, I love this record. I, I really connected with it. They'll follow them, and there's no interaction back. They don't take the time to even say thank you and then insert the person's name that's visible in their profile. So uh, if you're not doing that, which is to me a bare minimum essential, uh, you, know, you shouldn't be surprised that your journey is taking longer than it should. Got it. So staying along the same lines in terms of um, the young artists, the rising artists, I see you on Twitter a lot um, kind of arguing the label of mixtape or versus an album when an artist calls it an album, a project, a mixtape or an album. Do you, can you talk about the detail of when you think an artist should label something a mixtape, when they should label an album, and then on top of that, do you even think the young rising artists nowadays when people barely give young artists a chance do you think the young artist should be releasing a mixtape, or do you think they should focus on singles, EPs, things like that, that would maybe get the attention of the fans more? There's no one-size-fits-all answer to your question. It really all depends on the artist. Um, to me, uh, the term and the idea of releasing a mixtape in 2019 is completely dead. Um, mm -hmm. If you're releasing music that is free and creative samples, the production is original, it's being monetized either through direct sales or through streaming royalty revenue on a DSP. So again, audio map, quantifiable music, et cetera. It is not a mixtape in any sense of the word, literally figuratively at all. Um, artists prefer to call projects mixtapes, even when the material is free and clear of samples and the production is all original, and it's being monetized. Um, because either one, uh, they're not confident enough in the work to label it as an album, which definitely means something greater than a mixtape. Or two, um, they really haven't figured out who they want to be as an artist yet, which is fine. Um, and, you know, you want to reserve the, the, the title debut or debut album for work that you really believe in. And so if you're at the very early stages of your career um, and you're still dabbling in different sounds and ideas, as you figure out which direction you want to take with your music, and coupled with the fact that a lot of these folks uh, are young, and so they have a lot of growth to do as human beings, as individuals, as young men and women. And so it's hard to know what you want to do with your career when you're still trying to figure out your own life. And so to me, calling something a mixtape now suggests, like, I'm still figuring this out. Um, you'd be better off just labeling it as a project, which is a more generic and general term. Um, but if you believe in the material, don't shy away from calling it an album. Um, 
and the reason why I think it, it benefits a lot of artists to do that from a, a more technical vantage point is, at least in our experience, both at DJ Booth and at Audio Mac, there's a noticeable difference in interest around a body of work when it is labeled an album. Fans take the projects that are labeled albums more seriously in terms of consumption, uh, engagement, et cetera, than when it's called a mixtape or an EP. That used to be different with, uh, as far as mixtapes are concerned at the height of the mixtape era. Then mixtapes were, were just as popular in terms of, of uh, title and name. But in 2019, if you release a new project and it does not carry the name or, or the term album, people just aren't as interested. There isn't that same level of commitment or, or excitement. Because I think the assumption is like, all right, you don't really believe in this enough to call it an album, and so I'll take a listen to it when I have time. Um, we, we've seen that repeatedly over and over again. Artist releases an EP, no interest. Artist releases a project with no actual um, branding attached, little to no interest. Artist releases an album, everybody's talking. So something to keep in mind. Yep. No, absolutely. And something you've mentioned over the past two answers that you've given is talking about the growth of an artist and um, how many people, many young artists don't have that patience to, to really grind through. And I've seen that as well in within who I've worked with. And, and I, I know that that's just the case in general in the industry. Can you talk about how can, like any piece of advice that you can give an artist that is struggling with that impatience where they want they, they put out a song, maybe get some traction, and now it's like, okay, now I need to be blown up. I need to be doing shows. I need to be, like, doing these big shows, doing, like, things. How do you, as an artist, a young artist, keep yourself balanced and, and, and understand that there's a growth process to this? Yeah, great question. I mean, you know, the cart before the horse syndrome is a big problem in any form of entertainment. Um Traditionally, you see where people are at in the same space, and you compare yourself to their trajectory. In 2019, artists are really not competing with other artists. What you're doing is you're competing for people's free time. And so with, with on-demand, both with music and video, as well as social media, um, porn, like there's so many things that people can do uh, in their free time, and so there's a very limited amount of time that people have to do whatever the hell they want, and so you need to give them a reason to spend what very little valuable time they have not working or taking care of a family or a household by consuming your work. And so the best thing to do to ensure that that, that happens is to release the best possible product. Um, I think all artists need to remember and I've, I've, I've seen people disagree with me on this, and maybe it's because like, I'm cutting an older clock. But artists need to remember that because there are so many choices, both in music and outside, in terms of on-demand entertainment, people's, I guess, like leniency with with bad content is minimal. So if someone comes to DJ Booth and read an article and they hate it, the likelihood that they're going to go out of their way to click on another DJ Booth article is slim to none because they weren't impressed with the first go around. You go to a restaurant and you order something and it's terrible, it just might be that that one dish wasn't very good, um, but they have like five or six other dishes that are incredible. But if that first experience with that one dish was so poor, you're not going to go back to them again, um, and so you're going to miss out on potentially a, a lot of great material. 
artists, because the barrier to entry to releasing music has been minimalized, there's no physical distribution. You can go through the distributor and get your song off across every DSP that can split. Artists tend to become impatient and release material that is not their best. And so what happens is, is if that is to the outside you're a representative of your talent, but it's not the best you can do, if that's someone's first experience listening to it, you're potentially turning that individual off from ever taking a chance on you again if they're not impressed. Uh, and again, there's just so many options now, the likelihood that someone comes across your song in a playlist or on your music Friday on social media, clicks and takes a chance on you, if they think you suck, and you might not suck, you might be great, it just might not be your best work, they're not going to press play again when they see your name. Behaviorally, that's just how this works. So I would urge artists to be more patient in terms of making a decision on what material they actually want to release out into the world and always keep in the back of your mind like this could be someone's first interaction ever with my name and my music. Is this the impression I want to leave on them as far as what I'm capable of and what type of artist that I am? Absolutely. Um, I think you've given some really great um, advice to some young artists out there. Um, I want to actually ask you, I have two more questions for you, and I want to ask one each about each of the platforms that you're working with currently and have been working with. So in, yeah. terms, of, in terms of DJ Booth, can you tell me, you've spoken about how there's no more, you're not doing any more premieres and no, like, posting the song or anything. Um, can you tell me how and when DJ Booth made this transition from posting songs to now editorials and think pieces. Like today, I, I just saw on Twitter you guys put out live-action Disney movies starring rappers and, like, how, how things like that have come about because that is things that, uh, that people want to read and want to see what you have to say about. So can you just kind of go over um, how that's taken place over the past few years and what you see for DJ Booth in the, the next few years? Yeah, so I mean, you know, real simple, um, you know, everybody came to a crossroads in the publishing space as far as music as journalism is concerned. Um, for a long time, a lot of websites, DJ Booth included, uh, ate off of um, featuring songs, mixtapes, and videos with text accompaniment. Once DSPs became popular and people stopped going to websites and blogs for that content, Everyone who didn't pivot died um, or whose popularity has decreased to the point that they get no traffic. And so DJ Booth in about 2000, end of 2015, early 2016, uh, made the decision to pivot into um, middle to long-form journalism and really spread out the variety of content. And so our main feature are opinion pieces, um, but we also do interviews and help reviews we also do guest editorials, and we also do staff hire. Um, you know, it, it's really hard to please everyone. Some people don't think the satire that we run is funny. That's fine. Some people don't find the opinion pieces that we write um, to be um, hot stakes that they agree with. That's fine. Um, when it comes down to it, we wanted to create content that was engaging, um, that people wanted to share, um, that people wanted to discuss. And we don't shy away from having those discussions on social media because just like earlier when I recommended that artists attempt to connect with everyone that interacts with them on social media, we really want to do the same thing. If someone reads one of our pieces and engages with us on social media, 
it is essential that we connect with them so that they realize that their readership and support of our platform um, is not going um, unrecognized. Um, a lot of websites also believe in a quantity or quality of head out. They release a lot of content every day, hoping a few of those people will do well. The rest of them will never do that. Uh, we flip the script. So we only run three to four pieces a day. Over the course of the entire work week, we might only publish 15 pieces total, Monday through Friday, nothing on Saturday or Sunday. Some of our, our peers in this space, I, I don't want to call them competitors because I don't feel like that's an app month. Some of our peers in this space, they'll run 15 to 20 pieces a day. So our weekly output is what they produce in the entire day. The problem with that is that when you tweet out 25 articles a day, the two or three that are really great, they're going to get missed. Why? Because people are sick of seeing you pop up on their feed over and over again, and they're going to skip over it. So that was our methodology there. Um, but like I recommended to artists before, you know, we're not married to it. We're completely willing to adapt and change moving forward um, if the environment suggests that that's what we need to do. Got it. And clearly it's been working. It's definitely, I see there's a lot of interaction on the page, and obviously you guys are always interacting with those fans as well, and I think that's something I agree has been uh, really interesting and, and, and to, to watch the growth of DJ Booth. Um, shifting to AudioMac for really the last question I have um, is, I mean, I, I have a thousand more questions, but I don't want to keep you too long. Um, so with AudioMac, I saw that you had that AudioMac and Live Nation collaboration. Congratulations. Yes. And anybody who wants to see that, go to the AudioMac social media uh, pages. You'll see details and then more details are coming. Can you tell me about how that came about, where uh, that started, and what us as fans can expect from it? Um, I, I can't take credit for it. It's definitely not my brainchild. Um, Joe Vango, who uh, handles uh, marketing um, for, uh, for hip-hop on the audio Max side, uh, he uh, lords over our Hometown Heroes playlist. Uh, Hometown Heroes gives us the chance to dig into various local scenes, uh, and we curate playlists based on those cities. And so Hometown Heroes, uh, our, our collaboration with Live Nation is a concert series that uh, adapts the playlist and, and makes it a live experience. And so a lot of these artists who have seen a lot of exposure on the playlist have been booked to perform um, in the various cities that they appeared uh, on their Hometown Heroes playlist. Um, it, it's a great opportunity not only to showcase a lot of young developing talent, um, but it's also important that we take these experiences that we're having in the digital world on apps and on social media and convert that over into the real world, um, live and in color in the venues in some of these cities. Um, it's important both for AudioMac as a company uh, to be actually out there, uh, but it's also equally as important, if not more important, for the audience as well uh, because there's such a, an emphasis with these playlists on developing talent. Um, and so it's, I think it's a great partnership for us. It's certainly a great partnership for Live Nation. Um, it took a very long time to, to get all of this done, uh, but we're really excited about it, and uh, hopefully it goes well, and uh, we can re-up it and do it again uh, shortly thereafter. 
Absolutely. Um, it looks like there's a lot of really exciting things for Audio Mac and DJ Booth. So um, congratulations with that. And I obviously thank you for, I know, as busy as you are, family, work, everything, thank you for taking some time uh, to speak with me. I think it's really going to help a lot of one young artists and just anybody else, you know, even me as a, as a manager here, I, I listen and take in the notes that you say um, and talk about. So thank you again. Brian for taking the time and I really look forward to watching the growth of everything uh, Audiomatic, DJ Booth, your career and everything and I just again thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk today. Yes, yeah, you're very welcome. It was my pleasure. Uh, you asked some very great questions. Hopefully uh, uh, the information I was able to provide can help you know one person who listens to your podcast uh, if, if they can take something away and learn from this. Uh, it was it was certainly a worthwhile experience for everybody involved, and uh, we appreciate your support of both platforms greatly. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you'll, you'll be seeing plenty of that support over the next uh, as long as you guys are doing it. And uh, I'm really a big <laughs> fan of your guys' pages. You you uh, I'm as you know as I emailed you and uh, tweeted at you in the past. So um, again, thanks and uh, good luck with everything you your work and your family. Thanks, I appreciate it, man. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, Brian.